so in an attempt to feel some summer stuff, so we we put up a hammock in the backyard and I did the thing that I already all, feel like this is going to be a, yeah, a painful I did, story. I did the thing that all adults attempt to do at some point, which is try to waddle yourself into the hammock with a beverage in hand. And that ended exactly the way you're picturing it ending, <laughs> which is a hammock flipping yeah. and Chris eating dirt, just slamming face first into the ground. <laughs> heaviest thud you can imagine. But, grass but in the, the mouth. The important question is, did you spill your beverage? I kept the beverage afloat. Like it did okay. not, <laughs> it did not spill. The no harm, no foul. Everything's good. N- yeah. I'm a true American. <laughs> I didn't spill a drop. <laughs> oh, oh man. man. I, yeah, I, I've not been in enough hammocks to ever just eat dirt from trying to get into one, but, uh, I guess it'll be on my bucket list. There you go. Is there, do you think people have like a bucket list of like dumb things they've never done or stupid experiences they've never had? I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm, I'm now considering that I don't, I don't have like a written down bucket list. And now I'm starting to wonder why I don't. How else are we going to know what you didn't do after you die? There's definitely going to be like, people will know the things I didn't do because like they'll be at my funeral and they'll be like, man, yeah, he sure never got rich, did he? (laughs) (laughs) Like (laughs) he sure didn't live forever, did he? (laughs) You know, that'll be a a real easy one to to suss out. Just cross that one right off. Maybe that's yeah. something you should have at other people's funerals or your own funeral, rather, is just a list of things, you list know, your failures. bucket list. Yeah. But from top to bottom, <laughs> even the things you did accomplish, just have those yeah. crossed off. It's like, OK, so he did do that. He did do that. What? When did he make out with a camel? OK. Yeah. That's his bucket list. You know, yep. like I need to see all of the things that you plan to do and just either did or didn't. He did do that, but he did uh, he did not succeed in making sure his family never found out because <laughs> now we know about the camel incident and why he's never allowed back at the petting zoo. Right. Right. And that, <laughs> that's the, uh, that one gets crossed off right on the screen. Like never let family know about camel incident. And then it just yep. gets crossed off right there. It's like, okay, well at least he accomplished something, you know, after death. Welcome to the NerdSloth Podcast, where two lazy nerds talk about whatever we've got the energy for. My name's Chris. I'm Joseph. Joseph, how did you spend your fourth? How did you spend America's birthday, the the birth of of the nation of which uh, God shines his smile upon every day when the eagles soar and somewhere... A mountain weeps um, to the chorus of a Coors Light cracking open. How did I spend it? I yeah, <laughs> yeah you, that was a very long sentence, and I forgot what the core of it was by the time you finished. All right, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't do a lot. You know what? I I celebrated America's birthday the way that I celebrate the birthday of friends who are more 
acquaintances and I don't want to go to their party. And so I just don't. And I end up just okay. doing stuff for myself instead. So selfishly, oh, okay. that's how I spent yeah. America's birthday. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, you watch Jaws. Yes, yes, of course. I know you like, did that you much. You got to do that. Either you have to watch Jaws or uh, I think Uncle Sam is a pretty, Wait, a pretty good, bad 4th of July movie. It's basically like a zombie Uncle Sam. I mean, I don't really know how else to put it. There's not much more to I it. Mean, not a lot of stuff. What substance. does he do? Is he recruiting for his zombie army or is he up to for well, something else? I mean, he wants you to die, basically. <laughs> Yeah. Well, is that one of the please tell me that's <laughs> it, one of if the it's not, title, it should the be. tags. But it's on yeah. it's on Tubi. You should check it out sometime. Oh, um, I absolutely will. Yeah. Tubi's such a good place for horror. For well surprise. Tubi's a great place for for good bad horror movies. Um oh, yeah. or just bad but, bad I mean, ones sometimes. There's but, some good ones on there though. Yeah, like, no, there um, are. Yeah. We watched hang on a real second. Let me cue Night Marathon. Hey, this is Night Marathon, where me and Joseph talk about horror movies, which <laughs> this is a segment. This is our new segment. We used okay. to do this as an actual podcast, but now it's just this. Uh, yeah, a shell of what it used to be. A shell of what it used to be. But one thing that um, you and I watched together once was Big Legend, which we found on 2B. Oh, that Bigfoot one. Yeah, yeah. so I, I was trying to remember the name of it forever. And I found it on a um, top 10 underrated like horror gems list the other day. And I was like, really? oh my God, that was the name. I would go as far as to say the best Bigfoot horror film out on there. On Tubi. Oh, okay. Out there. All right. Sure. Out there. <laughs> uh, not on Tubi. There's there's too many on Tubi. Like there's specific. so many Bigfoot movies on Tubi. No, but I mean, but, like, it, but it wins the Big best Legends of, good. of that. Yeah, no, it is. It was really good from what I remember. That one was uh 2018. It looks like. Yeah, so, that was the one where like those hunters end up kind of encountering him. He's clever, man. He and he wears he fashions like armor and stuff for yeah, himself that's right. out of like tree bark and other stuff. And he uses weapons and tools. And like you, you don't expect this to be a good film, but it is mind-boggling, like good for like you know going into what you think is going to be a red box special, like you know those asylum movies. It ain't that, man. It's actually pretty decent. I had a great time watching this film. It's really intense. No, that was a really good one from what I remember. Like it, it didn't occur to me until you had like said it again what it was, and then it came yeah. flooding back in. Yeah, probably. Well, no, definitely the best Bigfoot horror movie I've ever seen. Not saying it's the best out there; they might be better, but I've not seen them. I, uh, I have not seen another one that's nearly as good. Um, I've actually been watching a lot of horror lately because I need something to do in the early morning when I'm, you know, up taking care of the baby. So I recently discovered this streaming channel or streaming app, uh, Pluto, which just kind of has like a bunch of channels on it like different themed channels that have movies going like 24 seven or TV shows going 24 seven. And they've got some, uh, a few different like horror channels on there. They've got a horror one, one that's called terror. They also have a 24 seven Godzilla channel, which is great. Yeah. They just recently 
uh, brought that one out. Yeah, I watched uh, Godzilla vs. Mothra vs. Mechagodzilla. But um, I've been catching a whole bunch of um, of fun ones. I watched The Ring the other day, which I hadn't seen, I think, since it came out. And uh, so that was kind of a fun, you know, throwback. You're talking um, uh, American Ring? Yeah, the American, oh, okay. the American one. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've actually, I've never seen the full Ringu. I've, like, I've only seen clips of it. So one of these days, I'm going to have to do that. Um, watch the Babadook for the first time, which was real good. Man, that was creepy. Yeah. That's, a, that's a weird one. I was saying that, like, it's a weird yeah. one for you to have watched <laughs> now having a kid. Because for me, it's kind of like birth control watching that movie. Um, that kid well, is... I, terrible yeah i i really liked it because it's really from the aspect of like man that kid's got issues because his mom has issues you know and uh just seeing how that seeing the progression of that movie and how it plays out and what the babadook kind of is and represents like it's a little bit of a thinker as it goes on and man it's got a it does have a weird twist of an ending that i sure didn't expect either it's an interesting movie for sure. It's very divisive though. Some people really dislike it. I'm kind of like middle yeah, towards it. I heard a I lot mean, of people didn't like it. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. Yeah, Rochelle watched it with me and she really liked it too. Um, I also found out that when that came out, I guess they did this promotion where, you know, that movie revolves uh, somewhat around that storybook that they've got. Mm-hmm. So I guess they actually did like hand and craft like, a couple hundred of that storybook and sold it. Um, I think it was for like a Kickstarter, you know, kind of thing to help kickstart this, that movie. So floating around out there, some people, some people have that storybook and I'm like, oh man, what a cool piece of memorabilia to have. Um, you know, something tangible like that. That's really neat. Something else to point out about the Babadook. And I don't know if this is still true. It was just true in like, I don't know, 2017 or something. Sure. Babadook was like a LGBTQ icon for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know why, though? I don't. I don't remember. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. It was because. Oh, um, wait. Yes. Now I'm remembering. Wasn't it yeah. because like they accidentally like one of the uh, streaming services put him in like that category or something? Yeah. Netflix, I think, okay, was yeah. doing like a, a pride um, thing. <laughs> And accidentally added the Babadook to their yeah. list of like pride movies. But the best part is that everyone just embraced they it. They loved it. Yeah. yeah. They they thought it was so <laughs> funny and they're just like, hell yeah, we'll take the Babadook. So yeah, that's great. Uh, I love that that yeah, thought. That's it's amazing. Uh, it like I had forgotten about that until like I was thinking back on it. I was like, oh yeah, he is a gay icon now. <laughs> I love the uh, the idea of the Baba Duke as a huge gay icon. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing to me. Like you know, Baba Duke up there with like RuPaul. I love that idea. Maybe they could like Baba Duke could guest star on RuPaul's Drag Race sometime. There was a That'd lot of fan art of Baba Duke and Pennywise. Um, oh, basically, yeah, shipping them as a couple. Yeah, you know, I'm not against it. <laughs> I'm not against that. I, I think that would be interesting. Oh man, I mean, th- I, what kind of kids would they have? Oof. Oh, pen. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not even going to try to make a penny. Duke, 
Yeah, Penny I was just what I was gonna say, but I was like, that doesn't that, that doesn't sound funny. Baba wise, Baba wise, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. You can't do anything with it. I've got a few other movies to talk about, but uh, it sounds like you got something. So. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say before I forgot, Return of the Living Dead is yeah. technically a Fourth of July movie. I mean, oh. it takes place on July third, but it's the weekend of Fourth of July. Okay. And essentially, like. Well, it's not a spoiler to say that like they they tried to kill all the zombies at the end by firing off like a missile that kind of launches on Fourth of July. So that's but not kind of fireworks. Like, well, that those are the fireworks. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. So that's basically what it is. So yeah, uh, Return of the Living Dead, one of my all time favorite horror movies. So definitely want to check out really? on July Fourth. Yeah, that's such a great movie. I didn't know that. There's uh two other movies that I watched recently that both surprised me. Um. One I want to mention is called We Summon the Darkness, which isn't like necessarily a great movie, but it was pretty good in that it it gave me like it really surprised me in where it went. It's basically about like these teen girls or or maybe young adult women. I'm not sure exactly what age they're supposed to be that are they appear to be like really into like heavy metal. And this is taking place in like I, I think it was either late 80s or early 90s. And this is like satanic panic time. And they meet up with some guys at this metal concert. And you've been hearing all this talk and they mention every once in a while about there's like some sort of satanic ritual like killer or killers out there. And some teens have been like a bunch of teens have been killed over the past um, several weeks or months or whatever in this like quote unquote satanic ritual killing. And there's this pastor on TV or preacher played by Johnny Knoxville that's like linking it to the satanic killings and stuff like that. Um, and um, you you kind of start suspecting that you, you're you like, okay, these girls are walking into something because um, all signs are pointing to a certain someone being the killer. And man, do things completely turn on you. Honestly, the whole plot turns on you. And I was just surprised by that. Like the acting ain't the best, except for what's her name? Is it Alexandria Daddario from like True Detective and Percy Jackson and, and that stuff? She's she's pretty good, but interesting and cool movie, man. I I would recommend giving that a watch. And the other one I wanted to bring up is The Love Witch, which came out in 2016, but I didn't know that. Because watching it, I was just like, oh, this is a cool like um, 70s film or something like that with like super amazing color. This must have been like retouched. Right. It was retouched really well. No, this was done 2016. And oh my God, dude, the amount of detail that they took to make this feel like a an old late 60s, early 70s B-horror film. They they nailed it because that's what it feels like. They even added in um, purposeful continuity errors that were reminiscent of continuity errors of similar movies of the time. And I'm like, that is insane to me that they went to that level of stuff. So that that was nuts. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, Love Witch was pretty great. I saw that years ago so i don't remember a whole lot about it but it definitely captures the essence of that period and it really mm -hmm. goes to great lengths to make sure it's like uh capturing every bit of it including the mistakes like you were saying yeah i just i was so impressed by that and, and i really did think it was something from that era so um finding out it wasn't was was a real surprise 
There's another one, and I am really trying to remember the name of it. It was a nod to the 70s, and it came out oof, maybe around the same time as Love Witch. And it was really good as well, but I'm, I just cannot remember what the name of it is. Maybe it'll come to me. And if it does, cool. I will shout it out. But really good movie once I remember it. Can you think of any other like really good summer horror films that you would recommend to others aside from... I'm always going to say Sleepaway Camp. I'm always going to name that one. You got to watch Sleepaway Camp. To me, like any movie that captures like a summer camp experience is going to be... Any Friday the 13th. Yeah, basically, aside from Jason X. But even then, you've got a little bit (laughs) of summer camp in there. Uh, Yeah, so I don't... Specifically, though, I mean, you've got so many options. So... I would yeah. just go with the Friday the 13th franchise really as a whole. If you're going to like pick some good ones, give two a, a, a shot because like two is paper or like leather bag or whatever potato sack. sack. Yeah. yeah. Jason, yep. but it's still a really good movie. Like it's his first technical, well, not technical appearance, I guess his first appearance as the star Kinda. of the movie yeah. Yeah. Versus the end of the first one um, where he kind of just comes out. But it's like, was he real? Was he not? I don't know. He's just a little boy. So, yeah. So uh, two is um, underrated. I think three is where he gets his mask. So that's kind of what you'll that's a good or his one. hockey mask. That's what you'll really know him starting from. But uh, yeah, like if you're going to go summer camp, like you said, watch Sleepaway Camp, but also any Friday the 13th movie. The first few, especially. Okay, if you were tasked with making the ultimate horror movie of the summer, what do you? What would you go with? What kind of thing would you go with? Monster? Would you go with slasher? What What would you start with? I don't think there have been enough like summer monster ones, but I think like I guess now that I'm thinking about it, like that would be the perfect time for kind of a kids on bike thing, and maybe that's what kids on bikes like maybe that's what they are usually doing because like when kids are on summer vacation all they can really do at least back in the 80s and stuff is like hang out with friends and go riding around so that's the the prime time for them to have some kind of like crazy supernatural experience so i would say some kind of like monster that has to be faced by just a group of kids would be like because to me as an adult like summer means nothing it just means it's hot but it's to kids <laughs> like kids is what really kind of like brings it home that's like oh it's summertime because kids are out playing and stuff or they're not at school so yeah i, I would think it would have to involve like uh, you know kids in some way facing off against some kind of monster and it's got to have yeah. be outside yeah and it's got to be hot it's got to be sunny like if right. you have those elements then i think you're set up for uh, a good summertime horror movie and lemonade maybe yeah i was gonna say living in minnesota summer does mean something to me because it means I can be outside because the other like nine months of the year is a frozen wasteland. So it's the only time (laughs) we have. But I like the idea, like maybe uh, not so much a a summer camp, but maybe like a lake house thing with a monster. Now, if we were going to wrap it with 4th of July, because there's not a lot of like 4th of July horror movies. What if we <laughs> what if we had like a big like a bald eagle monster of some kind? What's the best American monster you can come up with? I mean, aside from zombie Sam, 
Well, I was going to say like aside from the government, but yeah. Um, <laughs> well, the no, government I, creates the bald eagle. Well, yeah, it would have to be there we go. a government experiment gone wrong. Maybe yeah. trying to, I don't know, trying to enhance the size of the American eagle just to just for bragging rights. So it's like yeah, we exactly. have the biggest bird or whatever the fuck. I don't know. It's, yeah, like the president orders bigger bald eagles. Yeah, you know, or or just like we have a mascot bald eagle, and they're like, we really need to just like beef them up. Like, can we make this eagle get abs in some way? And then in that process, uh, there's some kind of mutation, things go awry, and it turns against its creators. What if they're just like, you know, the bald eagle is the symbol of America. We need wartime eagles. Like for combat, we need combat eagles. And so they like genetically modify some bald eagles to be like, you know, these big old killing machines and those eagles escape. So it's almost like you remember that movie was a deep blue sea or is it just uh, where they like modified those sharks and the sharks got too intelligent and they got all scary and uh, ate Samuel L. Jackson. What if we got like that, but with with eagles? On the 4th of July. I I guess in this case, that's trying to be too serious about it. Like, just have something dumb that, (laughs) like, results in, obviously, a terrible mishap. And then we we just have to uh, reap what we sow and battle this eagle. I can respect that. I can respect that. I just but don't think th- it needs then, to be overcomplicated because it's, it's they not. They got to get clearance, though, to battle this bald eagle because they're a protected species. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll be so, a part of it. Yeah, it's like getting the proper permits. Or or maybe like- there's just this like <laughs> annoying like attorney or a, annoying like lawyer like going around like, uh, excuse me, like you don't have the right to do this. Yeah. Like, oh, and then and he, he ends up getting eaten, eaten in, at the end. Yeah, In the outhouse. Tor- just like in Jurassic Park, <laughs> the ego just rips through and plucks him right out. Eats yeah. him up like a fish. Yeah, something like that. Something to that effect. I like, I'm enjoying where this is going. They got to take it out with like, like M80s, fireworks, something like that. They hook up a bunch of fireworks to blast his feathers off. You know, it's got to go something like that. No, I, I just, I feel like that's too, Amer- it needs to be something very un-American. What's a very un-American way to kill this thing? Okay. Because like blowing um, it up would just be like, okay, you know, America. Like that's, America. <laughs> that's what we would do. Yeah. Yeah. I, so we need like a Canadian way. Yeah. Yeah. What's a Canadian way that we, maybe we have to like get help from Canada. Maybe that's like to apologize to it and understand (laughs) why it's doing what it's doing. Yeah. Maybe that's what it takes. Yeah. We help, (laughs) we help the bald eagle, the monstrous bald eagle reform its ways. And then it, you know, we reintroduce it into society as like a contributor to the Commonwealth and it gets a job. It raises a family all on its own, you know, becomes a working member of society and pays its taxes like the rest of us. Yeah. So it'd be funny to see like at the end of this movie, like this giant, this buff bald eagle with like a a tie on or something, just trying to get a, (laughs) a real job. I'm good with that. Okay. The movie I was thinking of was house of the devil from, Oh yeah. Have you ever seen that one? No, I've heard of it. That's been on um that's been on one of my watch lists. I don't remember what streaming service now at this point, but like it's <laughs> on one of them. I have that saved. Yeah. And I haven't no. seen it yet. 
That one's really good. That one's definitely, I mean, it's styled to, it came out in 2009, but it's styled to look like the 70s or, you know, 70s, 80s kind of horror films. And it's very like satanic panic centric. Uh, okay. So I, yeah, I think you really enjoy it. But that was one that was, that I was thinking of. I just haven't seen it in so long. I need to rewatch it, but I remember it being really good. Yeah, it sounds cool. I'll have to check that out for sure. Um, you were talking about, uh, we were talking about 80s, kids on bikes, things again earlier. I did beat Kingdom 80s that we were talking about on the last episode. How far have you gotten in that one? I played it some again yesterday and I got to chapter two. I'm probably midway through chapter two because I okay. I hit this snag in the first chapter where I was like, how do I move to the right? Like, how do I keep it going? Because I didn't how realize move to the right. Yeah. Like, I don't. Like, how do I, like, move past a certain point on the right? But I didn't realize that, like, I had to take the, like, garbage can or the dump- the dumpster, the dumpster. And, and carry it all the way over to the right. Because there's no, like, physical way to turn it around. You just have to go to the center point and it'll automatically turn around. But there's nothing that indicates that. So I had no idea. I was just, like, I had conquered the whole left side. And I was just like, why can't I do anything on the right side? And so that's where I just got stuck for a minute. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but sm- I mean, smooth sailing after. Yeah. Just because at that point I had saved up so like my, I had so much gold that it was just like pouring out of my little bags. I was like, cause I couldn't do anything else. So I was just murdering anything that came my way. And I was like, why can't I progress? But after that, you know, it's, I'm on the second chapter now. I've got the nerd kid. So it's pretty, it's pretty good. I feel like it's, uh, I don't like I, I haven't played through all the other kingdom games. So I don't know how this rank di- ranks difficulty wise to the others, but I've heard it's pretty easy. And just so far, you know, short of my, um, you know, difficulty with just the garbage, the dumpster not turning the correct direction. Like it's been a sure. really easy game. So it's pretty like chill. Yeah. Uh, so after I beat it, I decided, you know what? I'll go back and play some kingdom new lands. Just because I was just kind of Jones in for more of that style of game. And I did feel like the game was too easy. So I kind of want to go back, play it again, maybe on a harder difficulty. But Kingdom New Lands is leaps harder by far. But one thing that I noticed in Kingdom New Lands is generating gold is so much more difficult than it is in Kingdom 80s. Like where we were, um, it was my experience too that like often I was finding myself with more gold than I knew what to do with. And you spend that currency to um, build walls, build um, uh, later on like turrets and uh, fortify your defenses, do all kinds of stuff. Hire more children to defend you. Whereas in New Lands, which I'm playing right now, I often find myself where, uh, like, morning comes. I already know what I need to spend the money on, like what needs to be upgraded or whatever. And I only have so much and I spend that all. And then I have no money for the majority of that day until such a time that some of my dudes generate something like my archers go out and find things to kill or um, hopefully my uh, farmers like harvest that day, which that's on a cycle. So sometimes not always. 
So there's literally some times where I'm just like, all right, well, I guess I'll just walk around and explore for a little bit. But you can only do that so many times because it's a small contained level. So there's a lot of time where I'm just kind of waiting in that game just because there's nothing else I can do. That's where last episode, I was just like, I feel like this game solved a lot of... uh, Oh, I don't think I brought that up. I think I was just talking with you privately. Um, It solves some ease of life things, uh, but it it's a little, the difficulty is a little too easy. I think it's because the enemies are too easy to kill. So I would recommend playing it on, you know, a, a setting above normal for Kingdom 80s. Yeah, like you might even want to start there if you're at all familiar with the Kingdom franchise. Like, right. easy, I can't even imagine how easy easy would be. Like, you wouldn't be doing anything. Maybe like that point of just like having nothing and not being able to do anything and a turn is probably what kept me from really kind of digging deeper into the kingdom games prior to this one. So it's good that they added that, like that those um, ease of life, like uh, portions to it are really like helped to improve and streamline that. And maybe like hard difficulty is like the sweet spot. I haven't tried it yet, so I can't speak to that. But yeah, I, it normal feels like once you really get off the ground, you're like, okay, now that I understand how to play this game, it's pretty easy. Like it'd be hard for, yeah. you know, these enemies to really take me out at this point. Um, yeah, I, I never got to a point where I felt close to being in danger, like never. So I, I was super bold the whole time, like, it would be nighttime, the enemies would be out, and I, I wouldn't care. I'd be out there too because we could just mow them down. On normal difficulty, like they're really only coming from like one direction, right? Like it didn't seem like they were coming from both. Maybe they were, but my kids were just defending them from that side too. In all the games, usually the enemies only come from one direction except for during a blood moon. Oh, then sure. Then they may come from either direction and they're stronger. So, okay. um, so there's that. But yeah, I, it's something that I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of want to play this again, maybe on a higher difficulty setting because I played it on normal and I was like, yeah, it was cool, I, but I don't know that I could possibly play it again so soon just because I have so many other games that I want to play right now. Yeah. And I just don't I haven't had time to. So even jumping into Kingdom 80s again last night was like a rarity. There's one uh, I definitely want to play that I know nothing about but it keeps getting recommended to me. And I know uh, specifically one of our listeners, Evs, was like, uh, I oh, could see Spartacris, yeah. like, uh, uh, that's my name in our Discord, like losing it to playing this game, which is Dave the Diver. Apparently the humor might be right up my alley. So I need to, I need to check this out. I really don't know what this game's about, but like I keep seeing people like raving about how good this game is. I've heard really good things about it. And even as like a a goatee game of the year contender uh, in some people's opinions. Yeah. And I think just like it's kind of just a really well-rounded game as far as like gameplay, humor and I don't know, uh, visuals go. The description I read of it was great and it really sums it up well, I think. Okay. Um, The players control Dave, an obese diver, as he collects (laughs) fish, solves quests. And manages a sushi restaurant. That's it. I, like that's I all you need to know. I already love it. Yeah, I already love that. But on Steam, that, ten great. out of ten. IGN, nine out of ten. Like it's getting really good reviews. I, I do want to wow. play it sometime. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like something I need to 
pick up and give it a shot. One, another one that I've been seeing a lot about, it's less new, but still this year is, um, oh man, what is it called? It's like a pizza something game. You know what I'm talking about? Pizza Tower. Yeah. Yes. That is another one I would also like to check out that I've heard amazing things about an homage back to like Wario land. Yeah, that's what I've been told as well. Like a not or basically like the Wario land that Nintendo wouldn't make. So they just took it into their own hands and did it. And it just looks ridiculous. Yeah, um, it, it looks good. I've everyone that I've talked to that has tried it out said it's a lot of fun. Looks super fast paced and kind of almost like a Sonic game in ways. You're just kind of running through levels and zipping around. But yeah. uh I've not played Wario Land, so I can't speak to how it compares. But since I'm seeing that as an immediate comparison in like every review, I'm sure it's pretty close. I played one Wario Land game just a tiny amount as a kid. And I remember hardly anything from it other than Wario himself and just <laughs> the overall <laughs> just in just the overall look of the game. Oh yeah. I don't remember anything about the gameplay because I was like seven. So right. Yeah, I don't know, man. But uh, I, it's something I would like to check out. I love the the aesthetic of this game. I think it looks great. Oh, me too. I, I for sure want to play that. I know that you had like a big list of like games that you had been playing and those were mainly like bigger titles. Yeah. But are there any other games that maybe um, are on your radar right now, whether they're bigger titles or indie games? Because I know like the Steam summer sales going on. So I'm assuming you've been looking a lot at what's out there right now. So is there anything oh, yes. that you got your eye on? Okay, so there are a couple of... I know we had like a full talk about roguelikes and stuff uh, yes. on a previous episode, but we're going to talk about it again. So you're going to dive into the rogues. Okay. Yeah, but but these are ones we didn't mention, or I don't think that I mentioned in that episode because I haven't played them yet. But these are ones so. I want to play, and I have them. I just have not gotten to play them yet because they're relatively new. So okay. one of them is uh, Mr. Sun's Hatbox. And that okay, is, I've heard about that one. I don't yeah. know what it's about, but I've, I've heard good things. So you, uh, I guess, are just like your, your quote unquote hats are kind of like your different kind of armors or abilities that you're able to kind of take on. I, I Again, I haven't played it, so I don't really know a lot about it. I just know it's a rogue, roguelike or roguelite, one of the two. And mm -hmm. you're just running through and, you know, using your different hats and weapons and stuff to try to progress. So it looks really fun. It's a very positive, gotten very, very positive reviews. So I want to play that one. And then um, Dungeon Drafters, that is a, uh, like, I, I think it's a roguelike, it's a card-based one in some way, but it's like a tactical roguelike in a way. So, okay. Uh, or at least like a, a card-based dungeon roguelite of some kind. So it looks really cool. The visuals are great on it. This one's just came out like at the end of April. So it's still relatively new. Um, I just purchased it because of the the Steam summer sale. And oh, so I, okay. I, I do want to play that one. Um, and then there's one that's going to come out soon ish. I don't know exactly when, but uh, did you do you remember the game like um, God, what was it like turnip? Mr. Turnip commits tax evasion oh, or something like that yes turnip boy commits tax evasion there's another one it's another turnip boy game but it's like <laughs> turnip boy uh um what is it like he robs a bank that's what it is and that one's gonna be a oh my god yeah it's gonna be a roguelike also 
And just the ridiculousness of it just makes me really curious about that one and want to play it. Oh man, I like the I like the sound of that and the um, style. Just like if you if you guys are curious, look it up and just the the visuals alone will sell you on it. It's just so cute, but it's like a little turnip boy with these like adorable eyes, like carrying like a uh, a sniper rifle or a gun or whatever, just going through these ridiculous things with against all these vegetable or food based people. Um, yeah, so it just looks it looks entertaining. So I want to try that one out too. It's not out yet, but it comes out this year sometime. Cool. There is a there's a few that I have um, some interest in. I don't know that any of these are necessarily new, but they're ones that were on my radar. I, in fact, I, a few of them I don't think are new, but um, I don't know that I'll get them this time around. But uh, one's called Potionomics, which looks kind of cool. It's a deck builder, but also dating sim. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> in one, uh, that just looks kind of, I don't know, it looks cute. Uh, looks kind of fun. Uh, it's got some pretty positive reviews on it. So um, I like when people mix genres like that together. Um, there's also Backpack Hero, which is actually a um, like a roguelike deck builder. So something that I think you would probably like too. Um, and mainly just because like I like this cute little rat character. You're just like this little rat mouse with a backpack and you collect stuff. You're it's just kind of Backpack it. Hero, you said? Or what yeah, you Backpack Hero. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it's an inventory management roguelike. You collect rare items, organize your bag, and vanquish your foes. So that looks kind of cute. Looks yeah, fun. Sounds like every roguelike that I enjoy. So yeah, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm and I'm into everything that like if it looks cute, I'm probably interested in it. Okay, real quick, I'm gonna branch off of this. Um, since okay. you were talking about dating sims a little bit, did you ever play that that kaiju, the kaiju dating sim? No, I did not. No. Oh my god, that looks so adorable! Like, have you seen the like previews for that one or anything? I don't think I have. Oh man, I think you really think get into you told that. me about it, but yeah, okay, I'll check that out. Oh, it is on sale. Um, hey, and there we go. There's there's another one that's like some kind of like vampire dating sim. It came out recently. I cannot remember the name of it though. It. it I'm gonna. Is I'm gonna it look a it cute up. thing or is it like something? Like yeah, more, yeah, like it, like it's okay. like a a funny kind of comedic thing, but it's like okay. While I'm thinking about that one, there's another one called Boyfriend Dungeon that I have. Yeah, that I, I do haven't know played of that yet. one. Yeah, where you're dating like your weapons, kind of. It's a whole thing. Um, there's one called Cozy Grove that I'm interested in that looks super that cute. I love familiar. the artwork. Yeah, check out the artwork of it. It's pretty nice. With like what the story of the game is, this feels a little bit like a mix of Stardew Valley and Spiritfarer. So, um, I like the visuals better than I do Stardew Valley. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm interested in in that one. Um love that a lot. And then the last one I want to mention was Heretic's Fork, which is uh, again, almost all of these are like a blend of two other things that I like. And Heretic's Fork is kind of a blend of deck building and almost kind of like vampire survivors in a way. Um, it, it just looks it looks really interesting. I, I guess instead of like vampire survivors, you're more you're like stationary, so it's a little bit more like a tower defense thing. But you're using cards and stuff to upgrade your uh, your tower to destroy all the enemies that are coming at you in a swarm. It's pretty cool. It looks it looks cool. I like the aesthetic of it. It's real creepy looking. Um, I like the artwork of it. So 
I okay. I found out the one I was talking about, the vampire dating sim, and its name sure. is better than I could have hoped for. Okay, the, please share. The name, the name of it is Romancelvania. <laughs> oh my uh, god, that's yeah, that's so, amazing. I, even the description of it is selling me. Bite into Romancelvania, a darkly comic genre mashup combining side-scrolling action and tongue-in-cheek romance into one completely absurd and unforgettable adventure. That sounds That's awesome. so good. That's so good, man. I I love that idea. I don't know this to be a fact, but it looks like... I'm looking uh, at the art. Cthulhu and might be a dating option. Yeah, yeah, and there is an extremely busty <laughs> oh, jack-o'-lantern yeah. witch. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say about that one. I need to pick this up. It's on sale right now. This is one that I'm just checking just to see if it says adult in here. Uh <laughs> just to make sure. It does I, it, it doesn't. That it does happened not. to me once. I did buy a game one time uh, and did not realize it was an adult game. Uh-huh. In, in, in That's that what they way. all say. Yeah. Well, I mean, I did end up purging it from my library. <laughs> You bought Not it for a, a friend. Uh, I was just holding it for a friend, Bob. <laughs> I uh, I think I blocked most of those just like from showing up. Well, on my I feet. thought I did too. Oh my gosh! But wait, surprise. hold on. There's some. What is this music that's playing? Hey, man. Okay. You never know. Uh, is Romancelvania trying to influence me? Oh, one more I wanted to mention too, which was a um, kind of a mix of a uh, resource management visual novel uh the pale beyond um that i'm quite interested in so um i think that it, the artwork itself i think people would get into that but if you like resource management games um i think you you would probably enjoy that one um but and i i that's a hard genre to really describe like why they're fun to play <laughs> i've yeah. noticed you mean because they're not? That just no, seems like a chore to me. Nah, they they can be. I think my favorite is called the Shrouded Isle. If anyone's ever played the Shrouded Isle, because uh, it's got a horror element mixed to it, which is pretty. If cool. your leading tag is resource management, that just yeah. like it's like oh, like chores the video <laughs> game. I'm not. No, I'm not doing that. Oh man, we have some fun. We have fun, don't we? Me and you. <laughs> Not playing uh, resource management games, we don't. Hey, though, pivoting yeah. a little bit. Oh, no, of, I, we can pivot a ton if yeah, you want to. Well, yeah. What are you going to say? And then I'll tell you what I was going to say if I don't like what you say. No, oh, I was going to I was going <laughs> to introduce I was going to introduce a, a segment. I was going to jump jump into a totally different segment real quick. Wh which one is it going to be? Yeah. Hey, I bet you folks weren't expecting us to bring Cartoon Boom into this show, but we did. We did. I Those was of you that aren't it. familiar, because there is the possibility that some people listen to the show and have no idea what we're talking about, which we just did with Night Marathon a second ago, too. Cartoon Boom was one of our other podcasts. It was our longest running and most listened to. And because it was our longest running and most listened to, we we're like, yeah, let's not do that anymore. So, <laughs> so we stopped. Uh, like two, uh, the last episode came out. Um, by the time this comes up, I think two Saturdays ago. But we're back, adding it as a segment that we'll do every once in a while. So there you go. 
Joseph, what was the name of what we watched and wanted to talk about today? This is chaining off of whichever episode we talked about two episodes ago, I guess, is when we talked about um, passion fruit, uh, orange guava or pogs, as we know them. Yeah, this one is The Legend of the Hawaiian Slammers. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, oh man. Yeah, it was something. And I have questions, concerns. I don't know if I've got answers for you. Uh, Oh, I did want to mention, though, I found out who it was that brought this to our attention. And this was Ben Grimm from our Discord, uh, Ah, from the Nerdsoft Discord. So thank you, Ben Grimm, for bringing this to our attention, this gem that was hidden away in the the archives of history. Yeah, this was hard to find really much information on at all, let alone, I mean, watching it was easy. It was just on YouTube because it was just one episode. It was a pilot, clearly unsuccessful because it didn't turn into anything else based on the origins of Pogs, essentially, which is just the (laughs) the milk, the milk cap game sort of. Yeah. from Hawaii of Hawaiian origin. So yeah, yes. that part tracks. But then it's like they weren't even playing like pogs really. They were so the way that they were playing it was like they sp- spun it around and then it flipped the caps over. Or at least that yeah. one kid did. So I don't Yeah, that ain't how it's played. That's not how it's played at all. It's like okay, well that aside, maybe that's how at some version of it's played. I don't know for sure. Like I I didn't do a lot of research. There's a whole heck of a lot that doesn't add up. So overview real quick is like there's there's like good slammers and bad slammers, basically. It's about this kid named Ronnie who finds a golden slammer from an exploding volcano and releases a superhero, which is Sun, the slammer of light or the light slammer. Together, they have to battle against the corrupt Dr. Fragman and the evil Shadow Slammer. Yeah. And it, it, <laughs> well, Dr. Fragman and the the Shadow Slammer are trying to find all the other slammers inside of the volcano because whoever holds uh or controls the slammers basically would control Earth itself because they'd be so powerful. So that's that's essentially what's going on. Another thing they added was that like you can't like unlock the slammers or control the slammers or whatever, summon them unless you're the good slammers. You have to be pure of heart. The bad slammers, you have to be evil or whatever, or you have to be like a, a bad dude. So I was wondering like why he was even trying to get the good slammers too, because he couldn't have even unlocked them if he wanted to. Right. Yeah. It's a slight plot hole in it. That's a little bit of a, it's like you got a plot hole that big in your first episode, your, your pilot. I don't know, man. (laughs) Also like this is all, this all takes place in Hawaii where there is absolutely no Hawaiian people (laughs) to be found. The main character is a white kid. His guitar teacher is an old white man. Yeah. And everyone, aside from our main characters, have Jamaican accents for some reason. (laughs) Did you notice that? Like, why Jamaican accents? Man, I've been to Hawaii. That's where my wife's family's from. They don't sound Jamaican, bud. (laughs) That's not how it works. Oh, man, there was one part that made me laugh, not because they were trying to, just because of how, like, frustrated the sun slammer was he was talking about the kid or he was talking to ronnie about like hey i think like 
because you're good of heart, that's what led you to tripping over the stone that was holding me. And, you know, that's how you found me and took that yes. route. And then Ronnie's like, oh, well, I don't know. That's I'm a little confused about that. And uh, I don't know if I can use my power to to find the other slammers, too. And he's like, don't think about it. Just do it. Like he was mad. He was <laughs> yeah. frustrated with him. <laughs> and like so much so that it made me think that like maybe like Shadow Slammer had taken over or like disguised himself as Sun Slammer. I thought it was like a trick or something, but it's like, oh no, Sun Slammer was just like literally upset with this kid. He's just pissed. He's like, dude, I've been trapped for 3,000 years. Just listen to what I'm saying. Like, I don't have time for this. And you control me in, yeah. in a very unfortunate way because he can't do anything without this kid's permission. Because whoever holds the slammer controls this being, which uh, all these beings are from another dimension. And I love how this is like the lore of this thing is is so ridiculous where the volcano itself at some point erupted and caused a rip in time and space. <laughs> yeah, which is... <laughs> Some eruption. <laughs> Which allowed the slammers of darkness and the fact that they're called slammers before they were slammers yeah, makes like it why? even better. The sla- yeah, like slammers are their <laughs> their race, basically. Yeah, they, the slammers of darkness. And they are not they are not little discs of any kind yet. These are just like almost like gods from another oh, world. Yeah, but also invincible or invuln like they they can't be killed. When they're fighting each other, the only way that they could think of, the heroes could think of to stop the evil ones is to hold hug them basically and then trap <laughs> them, them and forever. and the bad guys into small discs. Small discs. Small disc. Yeah, like slammers, pogs, but it's like why the small discs? They don't they don't go that far. They don't explain hey, yeah. that. It's just like, hey, it's just that's what we had on hand was small disc, I guess. Yeah. So even though they were called slammers before that happened, they did inevitably become slammers for pogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let me let me uh read you real quick what the slammers of darkness are. So we've got lava slammer, storm slammer, lead slammer, uh, fire slammer. And Shadow Slammer. Yeah. Some of that seems weird. There's a lot of overlap there because yeah. you've got Lava Slammer, Fire Slammer, and Sun Slammer. It's like, all right, you like heat. Like, you guys get like it. heat. Isn't lead a weird one, though? Lead is such a weird one to include. <laughs> yeah, why lead specifically? Well, I guess, yeah, why not like silver or something? Because there is the gold one who's yeah. the good guy. So, yeah, on the the Slammers of Light... So in the lore, they came um, not because of any accident. They didn't come at the same time. The Slammers of Darkness started destroying Hawaii. You know, we know that from our Hawaiian history. And the Slammers of Light get sent to Earth to try and stop them. I don't know why, but that, that happens. So the Slammers of Light are Rain Slammer, Earth Slammer, Gold Slammer, Ice Slammer, and... Sun Slammer, but just Lead Slam out of all of them, Lead Slammer is the weirdest possible one, I think. Because yeah, everything lead- is so like, I don't know, everything's so elemental. And I know lead is a naturally occurring thing, but like in what other medium are do you ever see like, I don't know, like lead of any point of reverence? 
I guess there's a lot of stuff it could have been, right? Like it could have been like I don't know, Silver Slammer to coincide with the the gold one. We already had a Storm Slammer. Storm Slammer looked like Ursula. Um Right. Uh yeah, I don't I don't Iron know. would have been even better than lead Iron like if they Slammer. did Iron Slammer. That would have been yeah. sick, dude. And there there was a Stone Slammer, right? One of those uh, was? that was uh this no, there wasn't a stone. What was there he? was lava and then there was earth. Oh, earth slammer. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was so those are your two factions. I don't know. But like that's just, being really, really picky about something that's already so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. They fight to a standstill and uh they just decide, hey, let's be discs. They miss their Pokeballs and so they went back to them at the end of the episode. But here's the thing. Yeah, their fight, because they do fight, you know, when they have the showdown to keep uh, Shadow Slammer and this doctor from getting the uh, the other Slammers. But they caused that volcano to erupt and it's erupting hard. And like the episode ends, like it fades to black as like, <laughs> this, is, this is what cracks me up. So the kid, Ronnie, he thinks he's lost his new friend, Light Slammer forever, like or Sun Slammer. Sorry, uh, but because the volcano erupted, he was the only one that did not get sealed back away. So the same thing happens. He gets blown out of the volcano again. He ends up finding the Sun Slammer again, and he's all happy, and it's playing this happy music, and he's all excited, running off. But in the background, this volcano has lava running down it, and I'm like, how many people are about to die with this happy music playing as it I was thinking to black? That, I was thinking that at the beginning of the episode, because there were kids like playing right by that volcano, and I was like, exactly. they are dangerously close to that thing. So many children died for this kid to get a new Slammer to play Pogs. He sacrificed so many lives for a, a Pog Slammer. When he found that Slammer again, though, when he found Sun Slammer the second time, tripping over him again, uh, he yeah. didn't release him. So I think he oh, is just no. going to use him as a Slammer in the Hell game yeah, of Pogs. Hell yeah, you know he is. He's going to get so many new Pogs. Which so is many. not... Which is not really a legitimate way to play. If if he's going to go official, if he's going to be like professional Pog player, he can't use a Metal Slammer in a professional game. Right. Those are illegal because they're weighted. So he's going to be playing like some of that back alley Pog Yeah, he's going to play back alley Pogs. Yeah, dude. It's really like, why even open that up as a end of episode thing? Like, oh, there's Sun Slammer again. What are you going to do with them? The Dark Slammers are gone. You're just going to have like a, a manservant? Well, yeah, he won't be doing much because his home's now destroyed. So like everyone he knows is dead, as we can see. That is very dark. Very yeah. dark take on well, that. That's why there wasn't a second episode. They're like, oh man, wow, we really wrote ourselves into a corner, huh? With having that that volcano erupt all over these children. Uh, oops, guess that's over. So, well, there it is. I'm sure that's why it ended. That's why it ended. But you can buy this on VHS for $10.02 on Amazon. <laughs> two cents? Okay. Yeah, $10.02. Two it has a three out of five rating. How? How? Well, one person rated it two stars and one person rated it four. <laughs> oh. oh, so okay. there you go. Uh, the Legend of the Hawaiian Slammers. What would you rate it, though? Like, what would you give that? I mean, if I'm being generous to like, that's about yeah. 
the best I would go. It has like some interesting visuals, but I just don't think it used any of them effectively. Yeah, I, I would give it a two. I think with more competent writing, it could be interesting. Like I could see it as like a Mighty Max-esque adventure, you know? Sure. Um, I, I think if it was one of those things where it's like, oh, like, the dark slammers have been spread across the world. And now it's got to be like a, uh, one where they're going around trying to conquer them all or whatever, trap them all. And you're slowly revealing the other hero slammers over time. And it's not just all at once. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, there are ways to make it, uh, an effective show to really do something with the idea, but it wasn't done in this pilot. If someone has Storm Slammer in like Calcutta, do you got to travel there and like beat them in a game of Pogs to get the Storm Slammer? I think you could really just like knock them out and steal it. I don't think it's like tied to them in any particular way. I just like, I like that idea. Like if we go a little Pokemon ridiculousness with it or like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! ish in that way too, where like, oh, we got a battle. And then they just whip out their Pogs and their Slammers. But then you can do all kinds of cool effects when you slam them down. Yeah, maybe if they make it like Crossfire-esque kind of exciting. Yeah! 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 All right, well, thank you to Lance Conrad for our theme song, Rebels of Our Own Kind. Uh, As always, if you enjoyed the show, let us know by throwing us a rating, write a review wherever you can do so, or share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. You can find us on all of those things at Nerdsloth HQ or visit our website at nerdsloth.com where you can learn more about us and keep up to date on all of the latest and greatest projects we're working on. There you can also find a link to the merch store and info about our active Discord community where uh, we mentioned some of our folks today who let us know about Dave the Diver and this show about Pogs. You can also find a link to our Patreon, where you'll find hundreds of hours of bonus content from all the various NerdSoft projects, which I've been updating a bunch this week. So very sorry to all of our patrons who are getting a plethora of update emails because I uploaded like a hundred things this past week. So there's a lot of stuff up there. Anyway, that's it for us. My name's Chris. I'm Joseph. Be responsible with your gods from other worlds when you're playing Pogs. Celebrate Fourth of July by watching the dead come back to life. Hey.